One year, I kind of got an idea, you know, I want to try trap. I like to trap, I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? I would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money hand over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the furball. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Representing trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Purpose and Game magazine. There's structure from Perigo Gorman. Perg Lennon's articles, the Perg Lennon ads. information, trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. All right, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet because work it ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got very bush of sand and dirt, you got bog they started talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down top. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't know, get them better. Trying to set predator traps and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like it was sheared. You better edit this part out. Yeah, we better. Back in the fur shed, this is the Trapping Today podcast. I'm Jeremiah Wood. Thank you for tuning in. Great to have you here. Great to be here. We are brought to you by Cox Brothers Lures. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S.com. Cotsbros have a full line of trapping supplies, baits and lures, books and DVDs, traps, and everything you need to get going. So check them out at Cotsbros.com. We're also brought to you by OnX Maps. Use your phone as a fully functioning GPS. View the latest aerial imagery, land ownership, parcel information, mark your locations, run tracks, calculate distance area, full online backup, and so much more at onxmaps.com. Use the promo code TRAP. That's T-R-A-P for your first purchase 20% discount. All right, guys, check that out. Thank you so much. And again, it's good to be here. We are in the summertime, the heat of the summer here, uh, and in northern Maine, that means lots of things to do other than trapping, but uh, trapping, of course, you know, always always in the background here, thinking about when I get to go ahead and get my wax dirt ready. Um, that's hopefully a few weeks out, but um, lots of other things going on. I did get a chance to sit down with a couple of really neat guys that I've been wanting to sit down with and do an interview with for a long time now. I've talked about it in the past. Uh, Billy Thompson is a, a beaver trapper from western Maine that comes up north here to trap every spring uh, for that spring season. He's one heck of a good trapper and a great guy, real fun to talk with. And then, uh, I, you know, I, Billy and I have been trying to set this interview up for, for probably a month um, and uh, and just didn't quite work out with, you know, during the season it was tough to get it done. He's up here for a couple weeks and, and running pretty hard and of course I was trying to uh, run traps before and after work and uh, and get deal with a bunch of other things as well so um, he came back up a couple weeks ago and we sat down and geez uh, I just I went into uh, t- to chat with Billy and and Charlie Tucker was there Charlie uh, is a local guy he was on the TV show Mountain Men uh, on the History Channel if uh, if you guys remember that show um, he was the guy from northern Maine that they followed on the trap line um, and so, uh, so it was kind of cool. I, I just, uh, started, we started chatting and I said, Hey, you want to sit down and do the interview with us? And, and, uh, Charlie was like, Charlie was game. So, 
um, we had a, a three-person uh, chat here, and it's it's just really laid back. Is almost like uh, Joe Rogan style format. There's, I think we talked for over three hours, uh, way more than I expected. So I cut it up. Uh, I got a bunch of editing and stuff to do. There was a couple of interruptions. There was uh, a little bit of carrying on, and you know things that I need to cut out maybe. Um, other things that I won't cut out that that'll be fun for you guys probably, but uh, just just a little insight into you know tr- main trappers, um, old timer trappers, guys that just absolutely love it. I think you're gonna enjoy it. So I here is uh, in this episode we'll do like the first 45 minutes or so uh, of of that sit down, and uh, I'm not sure I gotta break the rest of them up and see what uh, see what we've got there uh, later on. I don't seem to have enough rainy days lately. I I only sit down and do work inside on rainy days this time of year, and it's been beautiful out. So I've been doing a bunch of stuff on the farm and uh, and catching up with with that sort of thing. So um, a couple updates: the the t-shirt, the the trapping today mustelid t-shirt is in the works. The artwork is all done. Philippe did an awesome job. Uh, highly recommend that guy if you ever want to get t-shirts designed. I can put you in touch with him. And uh, I get the final design and I send it out to a printing company. When I first looked at it, it was like this, they, they're like, oh, we got the COVID-19 stuff going on and there's a huge backlog and we're, we're, it's going to be a long time. And they, it was like four weeks until I got, see what I, what I'm doing is uh, I put the design on a shirt and I ordered the print, but I'm not going to sell any shirts until I actually have a sample in hand that I really like. So I picked out a quality t-shirt um, to, to print on. Uh, I put the uh, the artwork from Philippe on the shirt. I made the order and I thought, geez, I gotta wait four weeks for that to come in so I can decide whether to use it or not, or if I need to go with a different shirt or a different company or whatever. But I just did see yesterday, I get an email that had been shipped. So um, that's that's awesome. If that is correct, then we are way ahead of schedule. So once I get that shirt, um, if there's anything I don't like about it, I'm going to try again. I'm going to keep trying until we get a really good good shirt. I want you guys to have something that you're really going to enjoy wearing and be comfortable in. Um, I, and, and it won't be perfect for everybody, but you know, chances are if I really like, I'm pretty picky. So if I really like it and I'm comfortable in the shirt, then uh, most of you probably will as well. It's going to be a little more expensive because I'm not going to go with one of those cheap, uh, you know, one-off t-shirts that that fall apart on you and, and if you wear them a few times or wash them a few times it's going to be a quality shirt so it's going to cost a little more um, but I know a lot of guys will be willing to, to pay for that extra just to have a nice shirt so that's in the works uh, the book my wife has been helping me with the editing because I really haven't found any time to do that and we're probably about two-thirds of the way through the editing so the the book the manuscript is done uh, for those of you who have not been listening in lately the Walter Arnold book uh, that's that's uh, kind of in its final stages uh, so a bunch of stories from the 1930s 40s and 50s from the legendary main trapper Walter Arnold and uh, we we're probably two-thirds of the way through that editing process just editing that manuscript to to uh, take care of like the you know the misprints and the the misspellings or you know things that just weren't quite you know little things that you can you can miss during the the writing process so uh, we're working through that and uh you know a few a few good hard 
days through to fix all those edits and I'll be ready to send that to the printer and see how that turns out. So um, sorry, it has taken a lot longer than I expected. If you're interested in a shirt or a book, uh, email me jrodwood at gmail.com, J-R-O-D-W-O-O-D at gmail.com. We'll get you on the list and I will send something out uh, to uh, to let you know when those are ready. And if you don't email me, I'm still going to hound you. If you've ever asked me for uh, advice, a favor, a question, uh, uh, email to thank me for the podcast, I'm going to hit you up. So get ready. Uh, I will be emailing all you guys personally um, to ask for you to return the favor and buy the book. So I'm excited about that. Um, trapping news, I honestly have not kept up with with news in the trapping world. I haven't been on Trapper Man in probably three weeks. I haven't haven't looked at anything. Um, I've kind of uh, I've fallen behind a little bit, I guess, but that's, you know, you can only do so many things. And I just moved about 400 r- big round bales of hay into the farm, working on this massive mulching project to try and bring back organic matter that all the potato farmers have robbed from the soil over the years and, and get some good uh, grass growing for my cattle. Um, fenced 45 acres of land. I got a solar water system I set up to pump water from an old well. And I got 40 more animals in and uh, and got them grazing on nice green grass. So so it, I haven't really thought about trapping a whole lot in the last two weeks. Um, but I did have, you know, my friend Jim Furman up in Alaska uh, texted me the other day that uh, something about Amazon not selling traps anymore. And it's kind of a big deal for guys that sell traps on Amazon. It's kind of a big deal for me because, um, for those of you who don't know, you know, I have on trappingtoday.com, there are, I have several pages where I do kind of product reviews and I go over different types of traps and explain to people who are just getting into trapping or people who aren't familiar with all the traps, you know, what's out there and available to use. Um, comparisons, descriptions, and stuff. And in all those, I provide links to the products where you can click on and buy. And if you click on that link and you go over to Amazon and you place an order, I get a certain percentage of that sale. It's, it doesn't cost you any more. It's called affiliate marketing. And it I get like five, four or 5% of the sale of that product. And it works out pretty good because a pretty good percentage of the uh, money that's needed to cover the cost to run trappingtoday.com, the website, you know, the server costs, the the uh, maintenance costs, the uh, there's a there's a bunch of small things that kind of add up, and um, a, a good portion of that is covered has been covered by the Amazon uh, affiliate links, and so you know I got other advertising there that helps to cover my time and effort and investment in the site over you know 10 plus years of of working on it. So it's all fine and good. Uh, a few weeks ago, Amazon announced that they were cutting their affiliate rates across the board by about 50% for most uh, product categories. Uh, okay, great. You know, COVID-19, that's an issue, even though Amazon's making more money than they ever have before uh, with this, this whole coronavirus stuff going on. Uh, maybe they just decide, well, they, didn't, they don't really need the affiliates as bad. Uh, they're, they're doing quite well. Um, without that extra advertising uh, expense. So, you know, it was kind of a bummer, but it still worked out pretty good. And then Jim sent me this text and said, Amazon stopped selling traps. Uh, uh Uh-oh, this is new. 
So I'd never heard that before. I'd actually just got a check from Amazon for the previous month's um, affiliate revenue. It was oh, just the you know the normal check. I was pretty excited about that. And he sent me a link, and I I pulled it up, and they added traps to the the list of banned items uh, for sale on Amazon. As of like three days before, Jim sent me that text. So this is this is very new. So I went back to a bunch of my links, and uh, most of them, the links to specific traps or or products, uh, you know, that included traps, were gone from the site. So not only did they cut the affiliate revenue in half, uh, they they also eliminated all of my potential income from trap sales. So it's it's kind of crazy that. You know, you never know, and that's why you got to, you know, if any type of business, you have to have a, a variety of uh, of sources of income or income streams. Um, I know, you know, I took that uh, business course that Clint Locklear taught um, and teaches. I think he still offers it, and he talked about all these different income streams um, that that kind of work together to to build a business, and that ensures you against certain interruptions like this. So the other thing is guys that are like, you know, in those trapping groups on Facebook or trapping stuff on Instagram or wherever, you when you are on somebody else's platform, they can make decisions that influence your success um, in a large way. And so it's, it's, it, it's something we need to consider moving forward because all these companies are getting they're completely unfamiliar with consumptive use of wildlife, with trapping, hunting, fishing even. And uh, th- they make decisions based on uh, public opinion or or p- certain people that sway decision-making process that uh, either have a stake in, in eliminating things like trapping or just have really no clue and want to make a feel-good decision. So they decide traps are bad. We're not going to sell them. Just like you know, they don't. You can't buy guns on Amazon either. Well, if you're on your own platform, if you are Cotsbros.com, you know Amazon, Google, they can they can do certain things to maybe discourage people from buying, but they can't stop you from doing things on your own site and selling things like traps on your own website. So it's, you know, TrappingToday.com. It's it's its own independent. Um, standalone website and and the the revenue sources like Amazon and Google can change and they can eliminate them um, and and I just have to change with them they can't ban what I put on the site which is which is obviously uh, very important but you never know you you always have to be prepared for something like this and it's just gonna mean we'll have to to make some additional changes and who knows someday the the online information in the trapping world, it's either going to have to be supported solely by the trapping industry uh, or it's, it, you know, people, businesses within the industry, which uh, which ha- is maybe a bit of a challenge because a lot of them do not, uh, have not flocked to online advertising. Uh, they're, you know, more spending most of their budgets on the more traditional sources of advertising, but... Um, it, that, it, that's either, it's either, we're either going to have to go more in that direction or you know it's going to be a pay to play uh, situation where where there's you know, going to be more like membership sites and you're going to have to pay to be able to get that trapping information and support the sites um, and, and make sure that you we still have 
access to quality information. Who knows? But anyway, for now, things are good. Still still covering the costs, the expenses, uh, other things outside of traps like flushing knives and you know fur handling stuff and other affiliated products uh, in trapping industry that aren't actually traps. As far as I know right now, those are still able to be sold on Amazon. So we'll keep plugging away, um, but it's something to keep in mind. So anyway, with that, guys, that's that's all I have for updates and trapping news. Let's get into this interview. I'm pretty excited uh, to, to share this with you. I have a lot of fun talking with these guys, you know, hours spent sitting in in the shack or outside skinning beavers and sometimes I'll just go over and and help you know at the end of the day when they got 15 or so beavers in the back of the truck 20 sometimes and uh, just kind of help them skin just so I can hear the stories it's kind of fun sometimes so uh, we'll sit down with Billy and Charlie stay tuned to the end of the episode for the weekly special from Cots Bros um, I will announce that, and it's going to be another good discount on products. So, uh, so stay tuned for that. Let's get into the interview. This is a special. We get the Mountain Man, Tyler oh. Ducker. <laughs> right. We got Billy Thompson. I thought that it was just going to be Billy and I, but Charlie happened to be here. So, um, what have you been up to lately? A lot of people probably listen to this that uh, that used to watch the show. Well, this winter I did a lot of snow sled. Mainly, I, all I do is look for animal traps. <laughs> I give up trapping where we're at, what's going on with it. I don't like killing animals. I can't get more money than what you get. Never set a trap except for with Billy helping him out. Yeah, he looked beaver for me this spring. I like beaver. <laughs> He's professional beaver looking. You still got it in your blood then. Oh, yeah. I'll be back at her. But he's learning. He's learning how to trap beaver, he said. Yeah. <laughs> now, you're probably going to trap Martin and Fisher next year. Yeah, that's my love. Yeah. I'm probably one of the most outspoken uh, not to trap too many, really. Because we all try to overcatch them. You trap probably more of them than anybody else up here. Well, I've got my share. <laughs> the first year I was involved with the Mountain Man show, they wouldn't let me do, you know, tell what I actually caught. But oh, really? We, we, caught, we caught 70 beavers in seven days. I mean, really? 70 pine martin in seven days. Wow. It was one of the better years which you have. Every so often you'll have a real good year. Where they practically just jump into your trap. I mean, it's it's amazing. And that was before the boxes. That's when when yeah, you had the. That was the last the year or so that we were not tied by the links problem. You know, yeah. where we had to go to a different way of trapping and everything. You know, you could be on the ground with all your boxes or in all your corner bears in the tree or. Yeah, could, that that was the year. Braley, you didn't have Braley and I did good in two checks. Yeah. Over on Baker. Yeah, yeah, forty-eight and two checks. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> plus Fisher. I think we had six, seven Fisher. Yeah, uh, that's two and huh. Yeah, we did good that year. See, I I um, always trap Martin on the belief that uh, every other year they got better food. Yeah, like with this past fall. Oh like, yeah, it was hard and to and get a Martin you, to go into. This trap. should be the year. You know, with the price if we had for if fur, they're actually here, and having all that food I I learned I've done it four times four different times I would not trap the year there's a lot of food 
Yeah. I've done that four times in the last 30 years. Don't even go out. And guys like me, I put a whole bunch of sets out yeah. and spend a bunch of gas. And, yeah. And it's it really is it's difficult yeah. to justify trapping them in years like that. What's good is when you get on the snow sled, is what I do. I look for lynx tracks a lot. I've been tracking the lynx for ever since uh, 97, 98 hard. Some years I get a little discouraged that maybe the lynx population is going the other way. But you, I've learned and I've read Cox's uh, book about lynch. Yeah. And when he was trapping bobcat, he would say, you get a lot of snow, the cats don't move. Sometimes they don't move for 10 days. It's the same way with the lynx. You can go out time and time again with a snow sled and look for tracks. And you won't see none, won't see one. And then you say, well, maybe they're disappearing here. Then you go back the next time, and you got more lynx tracks than you got coyote tracks. Yeah. Now, they're just a lot of them there in places at time. Now, you have seen, uh, I feel like I've seen a lot of changes in the last 20 years in the forest up here, but you've seen a lot more than I have. Um, uh, as far as mine and fisher trapping, uh, our forest will always... But uh, we keep cutting hard, and I was a woodcutter all my life, more or less. But we keep cutting hard, and the fisher and lynx, I think, are going to do good. But I'd be a little cautious with Martin, yeah, because they're so susceptible from birds in flight, and the uh, the more opening we get, it's harder for them to exist with all the prey that's going to be after them. Yeah. We got. I worked on one of the fire towers. Round Mountain Fire Tower, the year I gra- uh, the year before I graduated, the guy broke his ankle, and I went up there, and for six weeks, and you'd watch the sky, you'd hardly ever see a red-tailed hawk, never seen a bald eagle, you know, and now you see so many raptor birds uh, out there. Them predator birds, that, it's unreal in northern Maine. Yeah, we probably get in trouble for saying this, but back, um, I read a book in the 1940s by uh, that was written by a game warden in Maine, and he said they used to, the wardens used to shoot hawks. Oh yeah, they, that was like they were that was part of the job. They you know because they yeah. were eating partridge and they, there yeah. were a lot of them and and uh, obviously they're very protected now and they're everywhere you see red tail hawks everywhere oh, yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable how many baby partridge they get yeah. one no. a day she'll bring a brood across the road and they pick one off, pick one off and then they're gone yeah and like the turkey vultures we never had them no. we never had them 20 we years didn't have them even down no way. way we didn't have turkey vultures until the 80s now oh. billy you're from western maine and uh, you don't know this, but I've talked about you on this show before. And I've never said it by name, but I said, there's this guy that comes up to Ashland every spring or up, up in this area. And, and uh, he just goes crazy beaver trapping for about two oh, weeks. He's the best at Charlie Tucker's. It was, you know, <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> and uh, sometimes you get a partner, sometimes he's trapping alone, but he just go just runs this open water beaver season and... and uh, catches the beaver by the hundreds oh, yeah. um so what i i guess i want to kind of go back to um what brought you up here to to, to get after beaver i finally you? found a place there was nobody trapping beaver against me <laughs> <laughs> really 
I got my own little heaven up here. Because you've done it all, all over the state, huh? Oh, yeah. I trapped hard down east when it first opened up in 2000. I was down east and all the way into Haynesville. And then I moved a little further up and I, I rented a camp in Haynesville from a guy I didn't even know who became a trapping partner of mine afterwards because he was so intrigued of how many beaver we could catch. And I trapped Haynesville hard. And then one year, Neil Olson and I was trapping from the Haynesville area all the way to Eagle Lake. Yep, Eagle Lake, and that's about half hour north of here. Yep, and we would we would come all the way up in the morning, and we'd be at Eagle Lake at five thirty, six o'clock at night, and drive all the way back to Prentice, where his <laughs> camp was, and we'd get back to his camp at sometimes eleven o'clock at night, and then skin what we didn't have skinned, and uh, we'd get up next morning and do the same thing. But he made, Neil made a mistake. He, we liked to split up back then so we could catch more. And I went over through Soldier Town and... Soldier Pond. Soldier Pond. Yeah. And back down 81, is it? 61 or 81? 161. 161. Yeah. And boy, I found heaven over that way. <laughs> and I never said a word right? to Neil. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of water over there. A lot yeah, of water. A lot, a lot of water. Farms. When I... Yeah. That first year I drove into Wash, Washburn, yeah. I bet there was 20 colonies of beaver just in the town of Washburn, yeah. in, right beside the road. And Neil was saying, where are you catching all these beaver? <laughs> well, their school, their school slogan, or their and mascot I is the beaver. That area. <laughs> and uh, so eventually we kind of parted ways, and I always kept this area in my, my mind. Yeah. And I'm glad I did, because... You know, it's so much easier with nobody around you. Right. You know, yeah. I get a few trappers around, like yeah. Rankin. It's, you know, and then Lavoy got into trapping. Yeah. Before he met me, he was trapping a little bit. A little bit, bit yeah. A little bit. So I, the only way I could protect myself was to be <laughs> partners with Lavoy <laughs> because he knew everybody and it was perfect. Exactly, yeah. And we've made some hellish catches. Yeah, I think what Jeff had said is is he'd been, he saw you on the road. You stopped on he the did. side of the road. I had and a he pickup. Looked, he looked in the beaver. back of your pickup and saw all the beaver. <laughs> yeah, I, and like, a, I, I'm the type of guy, if a guy wants to ride with me, I'd say, go for it, you know. I'm not that much hiding stuff. And uh, I took him for a ride one day, and we happened to go up on the back side of the river in Washburn, yeah. where he, had, he owned a camp. And I had that all set up. And he started seeing all the beaver I was putting in the back of the truck. And he got excited. <laughs> he, he said, oh, he says, I'm doing something wrong. I said, well, you're used to under the ice, you know, and they didn't know. Yeah, because this, for people that don't know, we haven't had the spring season for no. for too long. Um, no, and, it's a whole different ball game. And it's... Uh, and, I always got blamed for trapping otter out of season because I was always trapping watersheds that had no beaver, but I was catching beaver. Yeah. And I figured that out real quick, that them beaver travel everywhere. And other trappers were turning me in down east. They, 
they more or less drove me out down east because of the order catches I was making. But I was catching three and four hundred beaver with a partner in eastern Maine, but I was catching sixty to sixty-five order. Yeah. But that's a good average because we figure maybe one in ten. Yeah. One order to ten beaver. Yeah. Lot of, so I, lot of orders. More than people realize. And we're helping yeah. the order population by catching them. The order have exploded since we started spring season, <laughs> but I can't tell the biologists that because they won't listen. Oh, but some of them will listen. But they're almost, it, the order are like a fisher or something else. They're, they're a member of the weasel family. And mink kill their young. And I'm, I'm convinced that certain order kills certain young ones. Yeah. For protection of his territory. Yeah, and, and the most of what you're catching is males in the springtime, right. at, at least in my Well, experience. we catch 90% males in the springtime. Yeah. The only time you catch a female if you happen to be close to where she's going to put up a brood of young. Yeah. And, and another female that you catch is one that don't get bred. Right. She's still yeah, out traveling. Yeah. And every year, if I, like this spring, I caught 16 otter. I had three females that weren't bred. Yeah. So not all. So you never caught a bred female in the whole. Yeah. Yeah. And I only had five females. Yeah. Two of them were bred, but okay. yeah. that's life. You know, yeah. you have. You're going to catch. Yeah. You're going to catch a few. How'd you do on beaver? I ended up with 163 for the spring. But I only kept 110. I threw 53 of them. The little ones and the damaged ones, I only kept the best. Yeah. Uh, and you were trapping alone this year. Yep, all alone, having a ball. <laughs> I could do it my way. I didn't have to. If I wanted to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning and go, I could go. Yeah. Or if I wanted to go early and quit early, I can do it. Yeah. I love it. And then Charlie would come once in a while. And Charlie show up and lug beaver. <laughs> lug beaver. So that was even better with my... I kept telling you we're small for bait. Yeah, yeah, you know, we had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun when you can enjoy yourself and no pressure to... I even took Rankin, who's a competition up here <laughs> in the fall. I even took him for a couple of days and we had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't worry about... I never worried about competition. The only thing I worry about is jealousy of the other trappers, and there's a lot of jealousy. Yeah. If they'd all just play the game and do it right, everybody would make good catches. You know, jealousy goes big in outdoor sports, really. It does. It's probably worse than the professional ball game sports. Yeah. It, <laughs> one of the first things that Billy told me was, he said, I like competition because it makes you better. It does. Yeah. This year, I didn't have no competition. I, I was lazy. <laughs> I should have caught 200 beaver, really, shouldn't I? Oh, yeah. Because there was nobody else trapping. I never see another beaver trapper up here other than you once in a while. I knew you. Yeah, and I was only trapping right yeah. nearby. But you know what I mean? There was no nobody up here from downstate trapping. There was... Yeah. It but was... Biggest problem. One of them years. Not enough open of water soon enough before the end of the season right you know we we, we run some cold winters and, and a lot of ice a lot of snow this year was again well that snowbank out 
We still got snow in June. This this was the year that the biologists should have opened it up for an extra two weeks. We could have helped helped the town. You know, if if it wasn't for the coronavirus, it might that might have happened. I think they were just so tied up with everything else. I know, but 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 you know what I mean. This would have been the year to test that new right that they have to open and close season, and we could have helped the towns because I never got. I only trapped the paying towns mostly. Yeah. I caught 60 of them, 93 beaver out of paying towns. So so we should explain that. Um, so you and Jeff kind of worked it out to where the towns are having so many beaver problems in the mm. summertime, and they're paying big money. And they're having them now. The road gets flooded, the culvert gets plugged, they got to hire an excavator, or rent an excavator, come in, clean it out. They're spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars every site. You guys were going in there giving you $10 a beaver. Yep. And you go into one of those towns like Chapman, Castle Hill, Washburn. And it makes... And, and you might catch 50, 60 beavers in the town. It might cost them 500 bucks, but they've saved cheap. thousands of dollars. That's and, cheap. And the road commissioners in those towns love us. Yeah. They even ride around and look us up and say, hey, there's beaver working at such and such a culvert now. Would you get down there and, hey, yeah. Well, even back when the, the wardens used to have to take care of a lot more of the beaver. Yeah. They loved it when when the spring trapping come and the ADC guys were doing the job because it made it harder for them after we'll take care of all the beaver problems. Yeah, there's a lot of paperwork to it for yeah. them and a lot of time that they could be doing something else better than chasing beaver problems you know so yeah and you notice a difference like the after a few years you, those beaver are a little harder to come by and they're getting scarcer <laughs> but this year I, did, I made one good choice i didn't go to limestone or fort fairfield because i couldn't cover it so much yeah and jeff said they're coming out of the woodwork over there <laughs> the only trouble is he'll be over there killing them <laughs> Yeah, he'll Make be killing he'll them be this making, summer. Yeah, he'll be making three, four hundred dollars a beaver right. instead of <laughs> them paying us ten. Which I feel sorry for the town that I couldn't get over there. Yeah, yeah, but, but it's just a, it's a very tight timeline, and you like Eagle Lake. Most years, the last few years, you couldn't get up there. No, it's still at the end of April. They're still covered in ice. And the other good, the other point would be, in units one, two, and three, if the state would open that up until the 15th of May because we can't get in on those roads to do anything yeah and we could really help the North Main woods out and save them some money because they're spending a lot of money every year to Jeff's up there right now trapping beaver is he he started the day after trapping season closed doing paid work for them yeah for the because we couldn't get in there late spring yeah it would be nice to see where we would be doing something with the beaver we have to kill and throw away. Yeah. It would be nice that, that when you throw away X amount all over America of beaver, that we're not using that natural resource to make products. They won't even let us use beaver meat for lobster bait. But they can use pig hides and pig or anything else. Why is it, you know, let us skin these yeah. beaver. So there's no hair on them. They say the hair bothers the baby lobsters and stuff, plugs them up, which I can see. But as long as that beaver's taken care of properly, let us give these lobstermen some cheaper bait yeah. to help them out. One of the things you pointed out, Charlie, this spring was 
something about the same number of animals is going to get killed. Yeah. Whether whether it's by trappers or it's by mother nature or it's animal damage right. control. Yeah. Um, you go you go back to our creator. I mean, he's kept control of everything for years and everything everything is put here for each other. And everything has to have food. So if you're not taking that and using it, and it's just sitting there rotting, and it's wrong to me. You gotta, you, we gotta manage our wildlife better that way. So yeah, you have to kill something, but if you're making good use of it instead of throwing it away, that's what I hate. Yeah, hate waste. Yeah, I uh, it bothered me throwing those small beaver away and stuff this year, but they they weren't worth the time that we put in them. Yeah, but I was killing them to help the town though. But I was saving all the good ones. Yeah. And that's why I averaged so good, just by saving the good beaver. Because you can only do so many. I was two weeks putting them beaver. I had to put beaver up for the first time in years this year. Rankin didn't want to put them up? <laughs> I put them up. And I went and I bought me a new knife. It was a caribou flushing yep. knife. Yep. And once I got used to that caribou, I threw the neck right out through the side really? of the building. So that is a good knife then. That thing, is, you've got to be careful. It's thin. Yeah. You can't pressure it. Yeah. But you just go easy, and it just slices down through. It's so smooth. Yeah. And you can sharpen it. And I've always had trouble with the neck of getting it sharp. Did that, the one we sharpened there, did that hold the hold its edge? No, it didn't. No. didn't hold good. Huh. But I took a stone like this a real fine stone yeah and i sharpened that necko with the fine stone yeah but i can sharpen that caribou with just a few down one side and just go back up the the square side with a, a stone like that and it i've cut well i got a scar there and a scar there <laughs> from you know you're always taking fat off yeah oh that thing's sharp huh but you can't let it bunch up when you're pushing. Yeah. Once it does, pull it back up, and I hold it with my pelvis. Just hold that back up so it's tight, and you go right down through to the tail. And you can shave that between the skin and that gristle. You can just shave that right off. Yeah. It's unreal how easy it so is. So is it like the necker where you got two sides? Yep. It's shaped a, just a like sharp a necker, and a dull. except it's real thin. Real thin, okay. But... One side sharp, both sides are supposed to be sharp on the caribou, but I dulled the other side. So you can push. And it's so light compared to the necker. I can hold the front leg up and hold that up and just. Really? Like a knife. Just like a knife. Cut yeah, right yeah. around <laughs> the legs and get that so I don't have to mess with it. Yeah. It's so quick. And the hind leg, take, you know, you always get that. Yeah. Just come right around with it and use huh. it like a yeah, knife. Yeah, usually I get to move those over yeah. to the top of the board. Yeah. The point. I put put them hind legs through the cone of the beam there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I take that, just shave right around. <laughs> Turn it a little bit, shave again, and done. Huh? It's perfect. You'd like it, I'm telling you. I'm going to have to try it. I'll, I'll buy I'll you like... one. I'll buy you one, Neil, <laughs> just so you can try it. <laughs> I, I like the I'm, necker. No, I'm not I, kidding you. I do like the necker. I did um, for years. I, that's all I had was necker. A Harold was pretty good with a necker. But that's what he used all the time, wasn't it? Mm. He was good, but he manhandled it once in a while. He got her, but oh yeah, yeah, you're gonna cut him yeah, anyway. But boy, he put. But the other thing with the caribou, 
it's so light you turn that you can turn that down and where there's a bite you can shave that right off where the bite goes one way turn it around and shave it right off the other way so the bite's only this big on the beaver huh. and you tack it over when you're done they don't even see it <laughs> it's unreal huh once you get used to it you'll love it it took me three or four beaver i almost threw it the first beaver i did i almost threw the thing out the door yeah you yeah. damaged a big one right it was one of my best beaver <laughs> you should have kept those little ones I practice cut it, on. i cut it by that's what i always do practice it you know i didn't have very many damaged beaver this spring no because it was late spring yeah. Did you notice this spring there was no cast amounts hardly anywhere? Very few. Yeah. Very, very few. That means they ain't fighting. Huh. Yeah. That's now, a good sign. Now, uh, if you extend into mid, like, 15th of May up, up here, as long as there's ice cover, the, the pelt ought to stay. It pelt's going to be good because yeah. those beaver have been under, instead of six months up there, they're probably <laughs> under seven, seven and a half months. Yeah. From early November this year, under the ice. Yeah. Until now, into May, on a year like we had this year. And that's why I think I did so good on the average of keeping the good ones. They were good beaver. They were like winter beaver. Yeah. Oh, my spring and beaver, I, I couldn't tell the if difference. They, if yeah. they're worried about the order, give us foot trapping only in those last 15 oh, don't say days. say that. I caught all those, most of mine out of conifers. <laughs> right? <laughs> 50, I got one. <laughs> I, oh, I think 15 a lot days, of orders. 15 lot days of, of foot trapping only in May. You know why? Even if they start to shed, you don't get that big corner bear yeah, yeah, fur missing. Yeah. And you'd have beautiful beaver. Now, when you went up to Eagle Lake, was that the record year that you and Neil caught? Uh, well, we had a record that he... He keeps a record of everybody he's ever trapped with and every year he's ever trapped. And in seven days, we caught 179 beaver. <laughs> but we were going two directions, yeah. but two of us. Yeah. But that's a lot that is of a, beaver. So se 179 beaver in seven days. Seven days. Seven nights. Because <laughs> he has a record of every day of how many beaver he's ever caught and who he caught them with and all this. Yeah. And... He said, we've set a record, he says, and it'll never be broken. <laughs> I, I, I've caught close to that alone. Yeah. A couple of times, but I can't break it. What was your biggest year? My biggest year? 840. <laughs> With partners. Now, yeah. that's the other thing I got to admit to. That's 420. Yeah. Half and half. 420 beaver per person is... Yeah, you know That's what I mean. Pretty respectable. But 840 is a lot of beaver. <laughs> Harold Levine and I, with, that was with spring and fall. Yeah. That's not just Were spring. you trapping through the winter and no. through the ice? No. No, that was just... Just spring and fall. A month in the fall, we got done. We caught over 200 in the fall down in Haynesville. And then we caught 625 of them up here. We started in... That was that year of, I think, 2012 when we had the early spring. Yeah, yeah, it was like 70 degrees in March. And we each had 100 beaver by the, the last week in March. He trapped around his place in Winterport, and I trapped around the Athens area. And we come together, and we went there. From there, we started trapping together again, and we went to Haynesville. 
spent two or three weeks in Hainville, and we got up here with two weeks left in the season, <laughs> and we only trapped a week because we had so many freezers, for we didn't have no freezer room, and we had to quit. We'd have caught a thousand beaver, I think. They were just coming on up here, like you Jeez. wouldn't believe. Huh. Yeah. That's when we were flushing them to make room in the freezer. Oh, yeah. I, while I was skinning, Harold was flushing. Oh, yeah, he'd flush like crazy. Sweat running right off him. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but it helped him save Rugged man, from what I could see. You, you cut the size of that pelt in half, probably, by And flushing. that year, Harold and I had to do him up after we got home. Oh, and we, we went home that week early, and we started, and we didn't get him done until the 15th of May <laughs> before we had those beaver all on. But that was when fur prices were good. You hit it. We, we split that spring in those two months. Harold and I split $17,500. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yep, a lot of beaver. That was a good year. Wow, wow. That's the best I've ever done price-wise and beaver-wise, and that was a good year all around. Yeah, jeez. I think that's the last year that the state of Maine come anywhere near getting to what they figure we need to catch in the state of Maine. I yeah, think we get up to 12,000 overall for the state. That yeah. sounds about They right. want us to be up around 15 for a long time. 15,000. The beaver we're not catching to keep are these back beaver. Nobody's walking. They're back away from the roads, yeah. But yeah. in the spring, we're catching them beaver. Because they're moving to the river. But yeah. we're only catching the bigger ones that are moving. Yeah. Or the kickouts. The old female's still back there having a brood for next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. so it works out. Yeah, it's it. It seems like I mean we've got a lot of beaver. It's just, the only problem we have right now. We got plenty of beaver. We got they're easy to trap with the season, but we got no fur market. No, and it's that's why I I like to see Rankin having this little market that he's got. And it, it main trappers don't realize how lucky they are. They got somebody wanted to even buy. Oh yeah, you know Olson bought fur for forty fifty years. And he had no market, finally. Rankin happened to catch the market with a guy from different state. And it was like that. It was. It went from yep. there was nobody had a market, to all of a sudden he had I one. talked to Jeff on the phone. Oh, he says, Rankin's paying such and such. Yep. We're going to go and trap beaver. It went good. But a lot of people spring trapped this year. I don't. Really? A lot of them said it was from demos they saw and stuff at certain places <laughs> they wanted to try. You know, maybe yeah. it was, but it seemed to be in certain areas. There seemed to be a lot of new guys out there. Going do you think? At it. Do you think it, it was coronavirus? Hmm? Pe people staying home because of the. Virus? I think they they didn't yeah, have got, a, you must have they didn't have a job, so they wanted to get out and do something. Yeah. You know, even right now, a lot of people going in fishing. Camping and oh, this is you know the kids are it's crazy. Kids right are out of yeah. school. Uh, a lot of fathers aren't working, so they're doing some good quality time in the woods. He sold a hundred and fifty things of crawler. Really? He's out. <laughs> no kidding. He said he'd never seen a spring for a long time. That Memorial Day weekend, yeah. there's so many people well, going in. I've never seen so many people in town. Yeah. And I think it's just pent up. Everybody's yeah. been inside for so long. Oh, yeah. They well, want to go fishing and do what they always used to do. Yeah. yeah. So it's that's good in a way, but yeah. it might not be if they all bring the virus bring up it here. From, yeah, oh, yeah. That's I know. a scary yeah, My wife's nervous about that because yeah. there's a lot of out-of-state plates uh, in town right now. But 
Well, I look at her a lot of times. You can worry, but if your number's picked by the, the creator, your turn's coming. When your time's up, your time's up. Yeah. Time's up. <laughs> I don't you got to be careful. People no doubt like, about it. But people like Charlie and I, even though we're older, we're healthier. We've never smoked, and I think that helped a lot. And a lot of these people abuse themselves pretty bad. The only thing I abuse myself with is with beer, but it don't seem to hurt me too bad. I don't think. Maybe it will someday. Maybe eventually, but you're in pretty good shape for your age. Well, people ask me my age when they see me trapping, they can't believe how old I am. You're about 70. They say, holy shit. You come up over that bank like a 20-year-old. You're 70? But uh, I'm 71 in July. There isn't too many people 40 can keep up with him. And 70 and you're pulling 200 beaver up the bank. But I've got a bad (laughs) hip and a bad knee in one leg and a bad knee in the other leg. And I'm still going. (laughs) When it comes to spring trapping beaver, nothing will hold me back. (laughs) I'll crawl if I have to up over the bank. I'm telling you. I love it. You just love it. I just love it. I don't know what there is about it. If I worked that hard in the woods, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, so so you um, you've cut wood all your life. Oh, all my life. And, and the old school way, chainsaw uh, and a cable skitter. Yeah, that's why I can't hear chainsaws <laughs> and Detroit motors. I'm the same way. Charlie's Detroit same way, chainsaws, yeah. you can't hear. But Twenty years ago, thirty years ago, I went to a John Deere and I thought I was in heaven. No big noise and yeah, quiet. But my hearing was going then. Yeah. But it, it gives you time in, in the fall and the spring to track. Yeah, I could always take off when I wanted, and I did, and I'm glad I did. I see so many guys that were just getting ready to retire were going to do something that they wanted to do, and two years later, they were dead. Yeah. yeah you and see, they never got to do what they really wanted to do. They see that a lot. All their life. The ones that even work till 67 now, you think about it. If you get done at 62... You got five good years before 67. And a lot of guys die a couple of years after 67. A lot of them do because they've never you know, pushed themselves or nothing and they yeah. just have health problems too, a lot of people. And you never know. Yeah. I could come down with cancer next month and something and three months later be gone. Yeah. You know? But I've always just said that I was going to do what I wanted to do. And worry about life later. And it's always worked <laughs> it's out. worked out. It's worked out fun. Because it's a risky deal. You're working for yourself in the woods. And if you don't cut a certain amount of wood, you may not be able to pay the bills. I work, well, ever since I was 15, I've been in the woods. Through high school, I worked for a kid and I worked for his father. His father had wood lots and stuff. And we... His father furnished everything to keep us guys working so we wouldn't get in trouble. <laughs> we had the best job in the world. We'd make more than my father made working in a mill, <laughs> just working part-time in the woods because we had no expenses. Yeah. And uh, But I loved it. And I see right then that I could work in the woods and still do the other things that I love to do. Yeah. I, I was telling uh, Rankin today, in 1978, I turned this key off my skitter about a week before the trapping season started, and we only had a month in November then. And my ex-wife was all peeved. She said, now what are you going to do, trap? And I said, yep. Yeah. 
And before that week was out, I sold my skitter and my pulp truck. Really? So I had a lot of money to trap with. <laughs> but I made over $10,000 that November trapping Fisher. Wow. And mink and stuff. Wow. That's a lot of money in 78. Yeah. 10000 Yeah. I was I'm, living on heaven. Oh, yeah. You know? I've never seen that. I've never seen fur prices like December, that. December, I went back out, bought another skitter. <laughs> I didn't buy another pulp truck. I bought a skitter, and I cut wood and... Then, uh. they, then I figured it out. I could buy those skitters back then for ten, twelve thousand dollars, run them for a year, and sell them just before trapping season, get my money back, and then go buy another one. <laughs> yeah. So I never had to worry. Yeah. It worked perfect. <laughs> yep. Well, the year I made ten thousand was trapping Martin, and uh, when you can make ten thousand, yeah, it was money in six weeks. Yeah. That's pretty good money back in That's 1980. actually got us hooked into trapping, I think, was the uh, markets were so good back then. Yeah. Was there a lot of other people trapping back then? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So we how had, did you pick up that many Martin with everybody else around? Just went around the clock. I had only but, one week's vacation. I was working full time at a sawmill. Back then, back Charlie then. had to compete with the Canadian trappers up here. Yep. They'd come through one road and back out yep. another. Huh. And they'd set four or five hundred mountain traps, really? foot traps in trees back then. And the warden didn't even know where they were trapping. Uh, most of the wardens couldn't speak French or anything. So they, those guys had the run of the woods, didn't they, Charlie? Oh, yeah. One thing about Maine people don't realize, we still have a lot of fur per square mile of oh, any yeah. species. Absolutely. A lot more than people realize. It's very productive. When, very you, productive. when you take... You go back to the Klondike Gold Rush in Alaska. Now, Alaska's great. I've been up there and I loved it. Wish I was 20 years old, not 45, but <laughs> I would have stayed. But anyway, a lot of people starved up there because you couldn't find enough game quick enough. When you about Maine, we got game by numbers per square mile. Yeah. Every species in general. Yeah. Back when the lynx was first coming in thick there, but we had them long before. Not the 90s. I seen lynx caught in the traps for the bobcat when I was young. Seven, five years old. Yeah. I'd go with my dad to shovel a lot of roofs off because he was in charge of a district in the main state forest service. And I helped shovel the roofs off. So we'd snowshoe in some of these back roads to get in to the fire tower camps and shovel the roofs. And you'd see where some of the beaver trappers were out there trapping beaver and they were allowed to trap the lynx for the bounties. Did you see occasional lynx caught the trap? Yeah, they were trapping bobcats. Yeah, oh, yeah, they were trapping bobcats. But them, them lynx have always been here to a certain amount. Yeah. But when you start dividing, that's what nobody looks at. When you only got 33,000 square miles in Maine and you got 600,000 in Alaska, right. you got to have 100 times more per, per yeah. square mile yeah, and of in course, another state. And, of course, the regulations. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it, we've got one hand tied behind our back and our feet chained together yeah, yeah. trying to catch these but there is a lot of fur here per, per square mile if you want to work hard you can catch fur back and that's what i did worked hard back yeah. in the 60s and 70s when i first started really getting into trapping big we could go in unorganized townships and set for a bobcat while we were trapping for beaver and never have to tend to trap the no cat would off. be frozen yeah. Yeah. or the fisher or whatever you caught but 
We what didn't it, have to tend a trap every five days. Yeah. You know, there was no tin law. So you could really set a them. long line if you didn't. Have and, and, and the secret that everybody thinks you got, some special way of trapping, has got nothing to do with yeah. how you catch a lot of fur. It's all the hard work. Billy over here wouldn't <laughs> catch them beavers. He's a hard worker. You go right at it. You when I was catching them Martin, you go right at it. You, you don't sleep. You work your butt. So, so you focus on putting a lot of sets out. Oh, yeah. Covering a lot of ground. You know, in general, everybody trapping a lot of beavers putting a lot of sets out. In general. Depends on your competition. But when you got a competition, you got to. Yeah. Now, when Billy come the first year up here with Neil, before him and Harold got together, they were trapping on my lawn. Beaver. I said, <laughs> I don't get time to do it. I'm building a log cabin, and I got lots of work to do. We're catching beaver right on his Oh, lawn. yeah. <laughs> And, and I, they said, we couldn't believe another trapper would let us come right here and trap on his lawn. <laughs> but I said, I don't got time to take care of them problem beaver. Yeah. You guys are doing it for me. Yeah, we so I, I, Well, that's what happens with a lot of jealousy. People, I, I don't know. If you ain't got the time to go do it, I'm not going to knock the other guy coming along and wants that's to right. do that. Yeah. He's enjoying his life. He's helping me out, too. Yeah. You know, and I keep looking at them and say, oh, geez, I wish I could be out there. <laughs> I'd give them, they think I don't know nothing. Well, maybe I don't know nothing, but I'd still go out work hard and try to show them I know something. <laughs> it's all about working hard. Biggest There's no big secret. Trapping is hard work. Yeah. Everybody figured years ago trappers were just a lazy bunch of guys that didn't want to do it. But the good trappers aren't lazy. They are workaholics. And they go daylight until dark, wide open. Instead of setting three or four mountain traps on a road, they'll set six or eight yeah. and run and check, run and check. I used to run to my traps when I was 40 years old. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Run. Yeah. Run. I jog a lot. Yeah. And I never smoke. No. I just jog down a road, check the trap, take it, take the animal out, reset quick, jog back to the truck, throw it in, go to the next one. All right, hope you enjoyed that portion of the interview. We'll pick it up next week with uh, with with more from Charlie and Billy. A lot of fun talking trapping with those guys and hearing a lot of the history as well. So it's time for this week's deal from Cotts Brothers Lures at K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S.com. And the deal of the week is 10% off of all snares and snaring supplies. That is valid from now until June 15th. Uh, you use the promo code SNARE10, all caps, S-N-A-R-E, and the numbers 1-0, S-N-A-R-E-10, for 10% off all snares and snaring supplies from June 6th through June 15th. Go to Cotsbros.com, support those guys, Kyle and Kellen, working hard uh, out of Savannah, Illinois, to uh, get get lures made, get trapping supplies shipped out. And uh, great guys, big supporters of the podcast. They've really stepped up recently and helped out trapping today. So uh, please return the favor and support them. And while doing so, you can get a little 10% off. You need some snares and you get your snare and stuff ready. Maybe you're you're making snares and, and you want to get all your, your supplies and, and equipment and parts. Get after it, cotsbros.com. Thanks, guys. And until next time, keep on talking trapping, keep on thinking trapping. And we will catch you on the next episode.